History. For thousands of years, humans have been fucking things up. But now, two heroes of the modern age are here to fuck up history. It's Historama. Welcome back. This is episode six of Historama. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, whoa! <laughs> whoa! Whoa! We're here. We're here. We made it. Yeah, dude, this is, this is, uh, we're getting to the end of the Benedict Arnold episode. Hopefully. and No, we're doing it. We're doing it. Even if this is super long. Okay. I'm ready. Yeah, uh, yeah welcome to Historama. Uh, my name is Mason Mothersbaugh. Hi, sitting next to me here on the couch looking fine is... I'm Michael Goroff. Thank you for that compliment. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're looking good. Looking good. You, got a, you got a glow oh. about you these days. It's because I had Taco Bell last night and I still got the sweats. <laughs> Just making the light refract off your, uh, oh your oily skin. Ter- Pinto beans and refined cheese just 24 hours. dripping off. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. If Taco Bell ever wants to sponsor this podcast, we will plug you every time because we eat you every week. Eat great, even late, and <laughs> learn about history with Maze and Michael. Wow, I like that. Yeah, it's it nice. a catchy tagline. So, uh, last episode, we uh, talked about Saratoga. Um, yes, we did. That was sort of a, sort of a, a crowning moment in the American Revolution, a very pivotal battle. Probably the biggest battle in the, in the war. Yeah, I mean, it totally it turned things around. It got other countries involved. America was being recognized. France was like, mm, yeah, baby. Mm, I like what you got. I like that I military like that. strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Ben, it was a big crowning achievement for Ben. Um, like he was basically the reason that, not that they necessarily won the war, but that they won or the battle, but that they won it so hard. Yeah. It was, it was like such a crushing decisive blow because of Ben's just like reckless suicidal, suicidal fucking bullshit, which ended with him being shot in the same leg that he had injured at Quebec. He also got his horse killed that fell down and crushed that leg after it got shot. Yep, so he was in a lot of pain. Yeah, that is just double fucked. So after that, he got uh, rushed to the hospital, um, and I think that's kind of where we left off. And uh, and we're going to use rushed here in uh, air quotes. Because, well, for the time. <laughs> yeah, for the time. You know, <laughs> It's only like a three-day wagon ride to the blood-soaked wooden shack where they just, like, saw off limbs. Yeah, and those wagons do not have shocks, so yeah. that is a bumpy ride that with is, a busted-ass leg. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> that would suck so bad. Like, you think it's bad when you have to shit, and, like, you're hitting the bumps on the road, and, like, everyone is painful? Just imagine that, but, uh, with your whole leg covered in blood. Yeah. It's painful either way. Yeah. <laughs> At least with the shit, you can let it let it out if you need to. Yeah, where in Ben's case, letting it, that just, that's, that you just died. Cutting his leg off, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Ben, 
is spending a lot of time in the hospital. He's, you know, it's getting real dark in his room. He yeah. does not like his doctors. We covered this a little bit at the end of the last one where he's calling them ignorant pretenders and. Well, he's, and he's in the hospital for like five months before his leg even starts to heal. So he goes, he goes to the hospital in October. That's when Saratoga ended. And he's, it's January of, so it's October 1778, and then he's, it's January 1779 before he can even sit up for the first time. And when he does, it hurts so bad that he has to lay down for like another two months. That's, like, that's, so he's been laying down for five months. Like, what do you even do? There's no Game Boy. He doesn't have a Game Boy. He hasn't got anything to keep him occupied. Just a lot of... A lot of tales of, of Horatio Gates being the hero of Saratoga. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, it, it's at this time too. He's writing all these letters, and uh, he, he's sort of striking like a really different tone mm. with the way he's writing. He's no longer referring to things as my country and my struggle and whatever. He's kind of saying your country, your yeah. struggle. Yeah, I think he he wrote, he got a letter from George Washington. Asking, being like, hey, what's what's up, dude? What's you up? Read, you you feeling okay? Heard you laid up. Yeah, we're get we're, well soon. We're uh, we're all missing you here at the revolution, and uh, it takes Ben like a month and a half to write back to him, which is like completely unusual because usually, up till now, when Ben was getting letters from Washington, he was like, oh, Georgie, Georgie's Georgie cares, and and this time he's like. Fuck this guy. I'm well, so over it. He's like literally living out the script, like the, the movie or book, Misery. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just trapped in bed with, you know, what are doctors at the time? Like, come on. They wanted to cut his leg off too. Which, just like in the book. Which, and he was super adamant that they did not do that because. He probably would have died. Yeah, it, it gets infected like right away. Yep. But in that letter, that's when he's, yeah, that was the specific letter that I read about where he's like, you know, you, you've done such a good job for your country, George, and, and all your struggles, your country's not my country, not saying our country, just your country. And yeah, it's a big, big shift in how he's referring to the revolution. Well, he's also getting uh, kind of snitty with Congress as he finds out that this uh, patriot leader, Joseph Warren, who was killed pretty early on in the war uh, at the Battle of Bunker Hill, he finds out that this guy's like wife and kids are like begging in the streets, and he... Well, this is when he gets to Philadelphia. Is it? Did yeah. I just skip a bunch of shit? A little bit, not that much. We can get him to Philadelphia real fast, though. But yeah, that's that's like one of the first things that he does when he gets to Philadelphia, so... So, because um, he goes on this, uh, well, let's explain what's going on in Philadelphia. All right, so the Americans are moving back in because with the French joining the war, the British sort of refocus their efforts on the ports mm. because that's one place that the French can kind of, uh, you know... It Sacre just... blew them away. Yeah, <laughs> Sacre blew them right in the nuts. <laughs> oh, I, I get what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, General Howe, who, uh, you know, his, nuts. who was just blowing French nuts, he gets replaced by uh, 
and another fellow named what is it clinton yeah henry clinton henry clinton a lot of clintons so yeah i mean i think we briefly mentioned this in the last episode but one of their one of how because there was uh burgoyne and Howe, and Howe's big thing was landing at chesapeake bay and then moving up to philadelphia and routing out congress which he did um and they just set up this like british orgy of just it was a party every night in Philadelphia, and they're all eating tea, and they're drinking tea and eating crumpets and sausage and bangers and mash and just going all out with their bad British teeth and just kicking ass British style, meaning they were doing uh, impromptu cricket tournaments while they were <laughs> drinking. But yeah, there was a bit. It was just basically a big British party in Philadelphia because they had gotten kicked Congress out. All the loyalists were just having a grand old. They time. were hamming it up. Yeah, but after Saratoga, then the French get involved. Then all of a sudden, they've got other priorities. Yeah, they got uh, you know someone can hit them in the back, so they have to move back to New York. Yeah, so how they recall the British recall how back to London because they need him there because there's all kinds of shit going on in Europe now because of this. Yep. And yeah, they put this guy Clinton in, and Clinton's like, you know what? Let's go to New York because why are we here? Who cares? So they leave. A bunch of loyalists go with him, but there's a ton of loyalists that hang around because they're like, we didn't do anything wrong. You know, they're. It's not like they were giving up military secrets or doing anything. They don't see themselves as... They're like, this is our city, and we're just going to hang out here for a while. So that's basically the background of what's going on in Philadelphia. That All this shit was going on while, like, during Saratoga and while Ben was in the hospital. Just having a great time. Just a lot, like, <laughs> while Howe's drinking champagne every night. That's where uh, Benedict came up with the uh, famous wall stickers you see everywhere. The live, laugh, love. Yeah. That's him. Yeah, he really loved to laugh. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking about that while I was uh, going back over these these notes. And I feel like, and, and when we're talking about doing our, our next series, and, and I'm not going to give anything away, but let's just say they... These are not people with a very good sense of humor that we're going to be covering. But then I was thinking about these guys, and I'm like, do any of these people have a sense of humor at all? Are they? Do they laugh? Do they know what a good joke is? And I don't know. They all seem very serious. No, but I feel like the people that typically make history tend to be real just assholes. Yeah, don't have a lot of sense of humor, especially about themselves. Well, it's like, you know, you and I, we might relax by reading a book playing a video game these people don't relax they're just they have no hobbies they're just you know crazy laser vision yeah on whatever bullshit they're trying to achieve it'll just be uh, you know laugh at yourself every once in a while yeah don't take yourself so seriously that's how you avoid becoming a megalomaniac well as pretty much everyone important in history is <laughs> yup well it's okay we're getting a little off track here i guess all right, so, uh, well, whatever. So Ben is kind of coming out of his weird stint in the hospital where he's recovering, and he has his rank. Like, they sort of fix the whole seniority issue that's going on right now. It was, like, episode three. Yeah, right? Like, holy shit. So they're, yeah. they're, like, fixing, like, a real old slight against yeah, so him. years ago. Because word kind of got around that he was pretty boss at Saratoga. You know, he, he definitely commanded a little respect after that. Well, yeah, if you remember, um, when uh, when they were all sort of holed up in their little fort, um, 
Ben was kind of Ben was about to leave at one point, and and the rest of his officers were like, "Please don't leave us with fucking Horatio Gates. Please don't. Can you just stay? He doesn't want to do anything. He's boring. Like you might be a suicidal nut job, but at least there's some there's action happening. A little fire in that belly. Yeah. So like that, I think maybe that probably had something to do with it because he had a bunch of people with actual offices in the military asking him to stay. So yeah, he he did he definitely got some recognition. And uh, along with that recognition, he was getting he got put in charge of the recently vacated Philadelphia. Yeah. And Was- thanks to good old George Washington. Yeah, yeah, good old Jorge. And the commandant. Commandant. Uh, commandant. Is that how they would have said it? Commandant. That's probably not how they would have said it. Sounds more biblical. What commandant? Yeah, it sounds like commandant. Commandment. But anyway, so he's getting put in charge of Philly, and, you know, we were talking about how a bunch of loyalists stayed around in Philly. Well, it was not the greatest idea. Um, in, like, before Ben gets there, all of the, like, the local patriots, they're, like, going around hanging people that mm-hmm. have been accused of selling goods to the British, being buddy-buddy with them, and, uh, you know, just partying up with them while they're, like, feeling a little put out because yeah. you know they're they're not in power there there were uh, like two these two quakers um uh john roberts and abram carlisle um and they were they were like a specific case that once ben got to philadelphia and started taking over there uh that he really like zeroed in on um, because they, uh, Roberts and Carlisle, they were like selling stuff to the British while the British were hanging around Philadelphia. And there's this guy, Joseph Reed, who I guess we can talk to a little, talk about a little bit, but he was, you know, the Patriot leader that was in Philadelphia when Ben gets there. He was, yeah, he was like the king of the rabble rousers. Yeah. And he, you know, he was, he was kind of, um, he was really against Ben showing up in the first place because he kind of had a run of the place between the between you know Clinton leaving Philadelphia and Ben getting into Philadelphia and they're just routing they're just routing loyalists hardcore like you said I mean there's the one they got this guy uh, this guy Galloway who was a British loyalist Reed really took a liking to his manner to so much so that they basically just took it and they picked and Galloway's wife was home at the time and they she was in a they picked her up while she was still sitting in a chair and just put her outside <laughs> like and then just moved in like like Reed was uh he was having a good old time because he basically could take whatever he wanted from the loyalists until Ben showed up and So what happens is Ben shows up and he's going to be the commandant, which means that he has to entertain uh, big wigs and socialites and whatever, you know, all the different um, big patriot politicians rolling through. He's got to maintain this big ass house. He's got to maintain a staff. He's got to do all this shit to run the city, but he's kind of got to do it out of his own pocket. Yeah, as usual. Yeah, and so he's like, all right, no big deal. Pretty successful trader here. I'll just uh, ride home and take a little money from the business. Only he rides home, and his sister's like, uh, not only is the business like pretty much gone, 
but all those checks you said that Congress is going to send real soon, uh, we haven't received one. Yeah, so for Congress like three years. And now this is like debated. Some people say he got paid. Some people didn't. So maybe this is just what he was felt he owed. I don't know. But Congress hadn't paid him a dime, according to some of these sources. Which, you know, that's pretty fucked. Especially when you find out, oh my god, my business is just decimated. Well, it's a long time to be doing a job and not getting paid to do it. Right? For any job. For any job, yeah. That's a lot, three years. I mean, ask for the pay stubs. That's Let that be a lesson to you. If you're working and your boss tells you that you've got direct deposit, still get those pay stubs. You know? Just make sure. I feel like that's the story for almost every intern here in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I got this really sweet job working for you know, whatever, screenwriter, actor. You know, I'm uh, doing this. It's like, oh, cool, man. That's sweet. Well, I'm an intern. Oh, well, you know, you get a job eventually, right? How long have you been an intern? Like, four years. <laughs> <laughs> How do you live? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, that's what I don't get, though, is, like, how did Ben Arnold survive for so long with no money? Was he just taking out credit? Uh, I think a lot of it was bought on credit, which I'm imagining in old days you know it wasn't like you just ran it through a machine it probably took a while to get you know your money from a, a credit slip well i mean you know he's getting stuff and uh and then he's supposed to pay but he just doesn't right yeah and that's kind of what i'm assuming is happening i mean yeah the country's at war you know it's a risky time to be making trades but um but anyway yeah so he's he's uh the thing is, so he starts using his position as commandant to sort of secure first dibs on a lot of shit. Well, there's that. Yeah, he's going up. Which to... immediately puts him at odds with Joseph Reed. Well, he, so he's using, you know, he's using like military supplies, like wagons and stuff like that. And they're going to these warehouses in New Jersey and he's just taking stuff that was basically left behind by the loyalists. And he's... Turning, taking that back to Philadelphia and turning it around and selling it for a profit, which wasn't strictly illegal um, as long as it wasn't stuff that the military could use. Yeah, it was maybe frowned upon as, you know, maybe not honorable to do. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, Joseph Reed sure thought, sure thought so. He was well, not happy. You know what else isn't honorable? Not paying your employees for three years. So. And then getting pissed when they're, like, doing stupid shit to pay for the job that you're not paying them to do. Yeah. So that was that was a big reason Joseph Reed didn't like him. Let's get back to these, these guys. Uh, let's start with talking about Roberts and Carlisle. So these were, um, these were Quakers that had been... Um, that had been selling stuff to the British while the British were in Philadelphia. Basically, uh, so it is said, out of fear that the British would, you know, persecute them. Because it's not like the Quakers, you know, we think of the Quakers now, we're like, oh, they're fine, whatever. The, the oats, they're nice the oats people. tin. Yeah, it's like a whatever. A floppy blue hat and a smile. I've known some Quakers. They're nice people. They're not judgmental. It's not that kind of judgmental sort of religion. They're nice people. But back then, if you were a Quaker... You, like you were, it was you were either Protestant or bust back then, you know. If you were a Quaker, that was basically like being, you know, the Antichrist or something. Like you, they like they. There was definitely some. There was definitely some prejudice against the Quakers, which seems crazy now. 
But it's like, all right, back then, wow, they weren't Protestant. That does seem weird, you know, for a nation that was founded on uh, religious freedom. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's weird. So hey, what's... we've been uh, dealing with this shit for a while, guys. Yeah, it's not just uh, <laughs> it's not just they. The and they were Christian. Now. Yeah, but um, uh, so these guys uh, were hanged in April of 1779 and um or was it eight i don't remember it was april and then ben got there in may and he so he he didn't have a chance to stop that from happening but uh it definitely said he 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 after he got in he's like all right no more executions we're not doing that that's not cool so that was strike one for him with reed and then that guy warren that you were talking about uh if you want to explain what that is um, the Joseph Warren. What was the Joseph Warren thing? I, I lost my place. I was sorry. It I was, was uh, I was all distracted by the Quakers. So it was. Um, so there's this guy Joseph Warren who was a patriot. Um, he wasn't a loyalist. Oh yeah. But Congress wasn't. Um, but he died at uh, at Bunker Hill. Yeah, yeah, and his family was destitute, and they were not paying any sort of. Uh, what do they call it when they they give a family money? You know, uh, to pension. A pension. Yeah. yeah, he like his pension was not going through. And well, there wasn't a pension. Oh, that there was, wasn't anything. That was part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, was it, it wasn't like Congress was like, oh, I don't know, this just we, we keep trying to wire you the money. It's it's like no, they just didn't have it. There wasn't a pension set up. So, so you, if, if you're if you're widowed because your 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 dumbass father or a farmer husband got killed in a war that he probably shouldn't have been fighting in in the first place because they didn't train him or do anything, uh, you were just fucked. And if you had a kid and you were a widow, you were fucked. So Ben was like, uh, this is kind of weird. Uh, this woman's starving to death and so is her child. And he was a patriot. He died for his country. And he, like, really publicly puts Congress on blast for this. Oh, he shames them hardcore. And he even, like, contributes some of his own money. He puts together, like, a big fund for oh, them. Oh, and he makes a big to-do out of it also. Like, he's like, yeah, so, um, hey, everyone, I started this fund that's, like, I'm putting 500 pounds in. Um, yeah, because Congress isn't doing it, so that's weird, right? And Congress is like, this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> this son of a bitch. Which, to be fair, I kind of feel like, okay, he's finally taken his gloves off a little bit. Like, he's kind of been pushed around by Congress for a while now. So it is kind of fun, you know, that he's... Standing up yeah. and doing some kind of... Something good? As passive-aggressive as it is. <laughs> I mean, he's just do publicly going out and just being like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm better than Congress because I'm giving money to this guy. So he gets, he gets, you know, he gets that, he finally gets the pension because Congress is like, all right, this piece of shit. Um, so, you know, that's ruffling Congress's feathers. And then, um, to top it all off, at a certain point, um, you know, he gets, uh, oh, he, and he's also doing stuff like, yeah, he's hosting receptions and he's like inviting, um, uh, he's like inviting popular loyalists to go to these like fancy balls well the... he got like the order like hey maintain order in the city yeah and so what he's trying to do is sort of be like hey loyalists don't trip out i got you and the patriots are kind of like what the fuck we want to take their shit yeah which i mean to be fair that would be awesome i don't think uh 
Yeah, I mean, it would be cool if you were... Heavy Metal Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Um... No, so it's just, uh, you know, things are getting really tense. The Patriots are upset that Ben is sort of looking after the Loyalists, who are admittedly a little freaked out. You know, a bunch of people were just hanged, and, uh, you know, their prospects aren't looking great. And Reed's just continually getting more pissed at Ben, because yeah. Ben's sort of, like, cock-blocking all of his sort of sleazy financial stuff that he's doing. Yeah. And which, so, which it's funny to me that Reed's getting mad at some of the stuff that Ben's doing when it's not nearly as bad because he's not going in and like taking people's wives out of their houses and just moving their shit in. He's like Ben's getting. Well, it's like where was Joseph Reed? Ben yeah. was Ben was at like every other major battle. Yeah, I, his you know, leg is two inches shorter now because and you know not it only looks did, gross. Yeah, because like, not only did the muscle atrophy, <laughs> but the compound fracture that he got made it so that they had when they it just looks like it. that spiral pasta <laughs> a little spiral jiggly pasta yeah. leg yeah so he's got this leg that's two inches shorter than it was before um yeah meanwhile reed's just being a huge dick and just taking stuff over um, and reed's actually like uh he's starting to like publicly go against arnold he's, yeah we've we've seen this this thing before this, we've yep. seen this whole story before. He's passing around handbills and pamphlets and all sorts of shit, just he, slandering Arnold's name yeah, up he, and down. He uh, wrote a, in a letter to a to a local newspaper that um, that Ben had plundered Montreal, um, and he even went back and found John Brown's letters that we <laughs> talked about. Like I don't even know when, like two or three episodes ago. Yeah. Wow. And republished those and was using information from those to sh to show what a dickhead Ben was and I think that I guess the plundered Montreal thing was like uh, something that Brown had written but as far as we know like Ben wasn't even in Montreal for that long he was only in Montreal during the retreat out of yeah. Canada yeah so I don't know how much plundering he can get done in that amount of time but uh, but yeah so yeah Joe Reed's going after him big time publicly and it's start it's going to start getting into the into a, a legal becoming a legal issue in a little bit but i think but there is a little ray of sunshine in little, ben's life right now for the first fucking time ever that's so cute and he meets this the hot to trot little sassy number who's only 18 and he's 37 37 it was okay back then it was according okay to back the book then. that i yeah. read <laughs> but it's like you know if something is like socially okay back then that doesn't mean that it is still okay you know what i mean the guy that read wrote, wrote the book that we're reading he wrote that in like 2009 and but you know this dude that dude what was his name he fucking loved benedict arnold He'd probably call himself benedict arnold it's the book's called the real benedict arnold great book but you know he was jacking off to a portrait of uh, <laughs> her name's peggy shippen peggy shippen and she's sort of like the belle of philadelphia she's young she's fucking hot she's really fun to talk to and she's fucking loaded she's super rich because let, let me do i know you hate when i do the family backgrounds do the family background this is actually quick, pretty cool this is pretty cool background so her great grandfather was edward shippen and he came over in like 1648 and he had like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars cash in our money in our time um so it was like something like i don't know a few thousand pounds or whatever 
and he uh, he married a Quaker woman and was like per like persecuted by all the Protestants. But he found like a, a sanctuary in Rhode Island from Ben Arnold the first. Like Ben Arnold the first like was actually the guy that was like, no, you can come here. It's cool. It's fine. We'll we'll accept you. How weird is that? First of all, what a coincidence. I know, a small world. It really is a small world, though, because there's, like, six white people at the time. Yeah, there are, like, some actual blank spots on maps <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Ed Shippen the first, you know, he sets up. He's doing pretty well. He becomes the first mayor of Philadelphia. He's, like, a really trusted advisor to William Penn, who's the guy that founded the colony of Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was, like, a good start right there. Yeah. And then Edward Shippen Jr., his son was the founder of UPenn. He's the founder of fucking Princeton. Like, this guy, you know, he founded two of the six Ivy League schools that we still have in the country. So you know they got money. They have a ton of money. And then on top of that, and he also, he was also, like, the mayor of Philadelphia or something. I don't know. He was an important guy. Yeah. And then Edward Shippen III, who is uh, Peggy's dad, he's, like, a judge big important guy also i mean so it's just a long line of like that it's they're about as blue blood as you can get yeah it's like if the arnolds didn't completely fuck up every other generation yeah yeah so yeah so so yeah peggy's coming from a long line of of successful edwards and uh and she's hot and she's funny and she's smart and it's uh, when the British were in charge. The British fucking loved her. All the officers were had the hots for her. And uh, yep. she would often be seen escorted to local balls by Major John Andre. Hmm, I wonder if he'll become important later on in the story. Yeah, small world again. <laughs> you know, he totally does. Um, we'll get back to Mr. John Andre, but yeah, they were pretty clear. Yeah, they were like the colonial version of dating, yeah. which is like you might, if, if it's a good night, you might get to like hold her hand for a second. Yeah, before you come in your pants, because that's the most human <laughs> contact you've ever had in your life, besides your dad whipping you. Jesus. What? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, but they obviously, it was, uh, too, it was too hot and heavy, he couldn't handle it, and they didn't get together. Also, well, the they British left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were like General Howe was like, "Hey, we gotta go." Oh yeah, he was a big guy. He was the aide de camp for Clinton. Who Howe. was like, no, it's Clinton. Oh, yes, he already I, got replaced. Yeah, sorry, Howe. Yeah, well, he didn't. We get hardly knew ye. I mean, he didn't get replaced. Replaced. He got recalled back to London because they're like, "Dude, we need you here." So I guess he got replaced in that sense, but it wasn't like a demotion. Either way, he's big wig. Yeah. He's not the biggest of the big wigs, but his wig was still pretty big. Yeah, and he's not 37. He's more a little bit more age-appropriate. And yeah. everybody liked him. Yeah, everybody liked him. But we'll get to John Andre in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right? This is like... Uh... So Ben, he when he moves into Philadelphia, he meets Peggy, and he's instantly like, boing, 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 hello, who is this little damsel? And he gets a hard on for her immediately. Literally. <laughs> I mean, probably. I don't want to think about it, though. Unfortunately, after the accident, <laughs> his hard on was two inches shorter, so... 
Um, but yeah, so he starts hanging out at the shipping house quite a bit. Um, and he's always trying to dance with her at balls. But that's also hard because of the leg thing. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. You, you know gonna, he was just like limping how are you around. Gonna waltz like... with the a leg that's two inches shorter than the other leg. How you do like the southpaw waltz? Just waltz the other direction. <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, you know, and Peggy's digging it. She's liking this guy. He's got a lot of charisma. That's one thing you can say about Ben Arlo. Is he's got a lot of charisma. Um, but. You know, the Shippens, they're not totally sold on him. Because, first of all... Oh, like, yeah, they're super loyalist. I don't know if we said that. Yeah, oh, yeah, we didn't say that, huh? They yeah. were total loyalists. Yeah, they, um, they... So they definitely appreciated the fact that Ben was like, hey, uh, maybe don't hang these guys. That's that's <laughs> yeah. a rule now. I mean, that was, that was uh, probably one of the biggest factors in why they're like, yeah, sure, you can hang out with our daughter even though you're over twice her age. It's fucked, man. So things are getting <laughs> hot and heavy with uh, Miss Shippen, mm. and shit actually is starting to get pretty hot and heavy with old Joseph Reed. Yeah. He's getting pissed. Yeah, maybe you should talk about this a lot because I found it very confusing, and there are too many dates and like conflicting things for me to... All right, so really all that happens is Joseph Reed, he heads the Pennsylvania Council, which at the time states had a lot more rights than they do right now. So You just sounded sort of like a states writer right there. Well, this is going to be a big argument against it because he's being a real asshole. (laughs) Is that so he files a complaint to Congress saying that if they don't recall Ben from his post, Pennsylvania will, like, from that minute onward, withhold their militias, not let the uh, the colonists or Americans, whatever, ship shit through Pennsylvania at all. Which is a big colony. It's yeah. Like the, the biggest, besides New York. So he's, like, throwing all these charges out against Ben. Ben's writing George Washington, like, whoa, what's going on? I got all these charges. And George Washington, he's like, dude, don't worry about it. It's bullshit. Like, I'm, I'm totally 100% behind you. So the first committee, it was like a, a war committee. They go over it, and they're pretty familiar with Ben. They dismiss it, like, relatively quickly. Yeah, it was like... There were eight charges that Reed had brought against Ben, and this guy, this one judge from Maryland, he dismissed all but two of them, and then said that the other two had to go to like a court martial because they were military matters. But it was and, like uh, easy peasy. Yeah, it, it was it was like taken care of super quick. But Joseph Reed, not really being one to give up convinces them to do like a second inquiry like he reopens the case and has it all retried again and this time shit is not going so well for ben yeah and that's there's this really good quote uh ben says he's speaking at his trial he says if your excellency thinks me a criminal for heaven's sake let me be immediately tried and if found guilty executed I want no favor, I ask only justice. Having made every sacrifice of fortune and blood and become a cripple in the service of my country, I little expected to meet the ungrateful returns I've received from my countrymen. 
but as Congress have stamped in gratitude as a current coin, I must take it. I have nothing left but the little reputation I have gained in the army. Delay in the present case is worse than death. And basically what he's saying there is if you delay, like, uh, the case anymore, like, he's just trying to clear all this slanderous bullshit as fast as he can. He's such a fucking drama queen, though. Well, I, dude, the guy's it's hobbling so around. Worth, he's got a little noodle leg. It's worse than death. The guy has given up. His business has gone Let under. His kids that he hasn't <laughs> like, seen. I don't know if he gives oh a fuck about God. that, but. No, Still, I, you like, gotta feel for him a little bit. If you think I'm bit. guilty, then just kill me already. And put me out of my misery. It's like, shut up. Meanwhile, man. Joseph Reed's just in the corner like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, keep acting like that. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and Rita, but Rita, the whole, um, the whole thing going against him, where Congress is like, yeah, this is a bad precedent to set, letting our own colonies blackmail us into charging one person that's in the military and not under their jurisdiction. So yeah, but I'm just saying, he was like. There's a way to word things, and Ben knew exactly what he was doing when he worded I don't think it. he did. I think he's just a whiny bitch. I think he thought, in his mind, this is how you say it. Yeah, I know, and that's... God, that's like, the to thing him, about that's, him, that's where it's it. like, I want to be able to see things from his perspective, and like, alright, I get why he's pissed, but then every time I understand why he's pissed and can sympathize with him he's a whiny bitch about yeah. it i get it i get it Ugh, come on man but yeah what so what what uh what ends up happening with that um he so he's found guilty of a bunch of shit congress is i've got the numbers somewhere uh con, well basically whatever fuck the numbers uh congress is like well, you're guilty of a bunch of this stuff, and you owe us a bunch of money, but, uh, you know, mm, like, they kind of let him continue as the commandant, but they're trying to find a new post for him. Yeah, well, the um, punishment was he gets a public reprimand from George Washington. And that stings most of all, because that is, like, the one dude that has been in his corner through all of this shit. Yeah. But it's and now, but it's also like we've read George Washington's letter to him too. Yeah, and it is like the most flowery, gloves on. He's like, now it's unfortunate that you did these things, but uh, you know you did them, and that's that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And Ben, you know, he's just furious. He's reading this shit, smacking his head against the table, throwing up with but rage. It's just like, it's it's. It's a slap on the wrist. It's like nothing. Well, they did. They fined him a little bit. Oh, okay. They fined him, and he didn't get what paid. He's been paid he, in three years now. He felt like he should get paid, but it's like I'm just saying. There's a lot. Of, there are a lot worse punishments than having George Washington write you a letter and be like, "Listen, I know it's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. I gotta write this to We're you." We're just going through the motions, yeah, Ben. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ben is pissed. So while all this is going on, uh, Parliament, uh, the British Parliament, is passing the Reconciliation Act, and that basically grants the colonies everything they sort of wanted right at the beginning of the war. Mm. They're going to get more representation. Um, you know, a lot of these lame taxes are going to go away. 
you know, British uh, England isn't really in the greatest situation right now globally. Yeah, they're, so, they're fighting a war on two fronts, basically. Yeah, so they're, they're pretty willing to pay, play ball. They're, you know, just like, all right, you know what, guys? Everything you wanted, all that shit you guys were crying about, like, you can have it. Yeah. So, what you know. Happens? What does Congress do? Well, Congress just wipes their ass with it. <laughs> yeah. Because at this point, they're, like, winning. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like, well, uh, too little too late, bitch. I do know that some people were also a little concerned, though, that France being such a big part of the revolution would mean that they were just going to replace the British government with a French government. Um, I don't know if we need to talk about that, but I just think it's an interesting... I'm going to say that's stupid. That's dumb. I don't buy that for a second. I mean, I guess in, like, your uneducated, like, colonist brain, I could see that, because you're seeing... You're That's seeing like French soldiers. You're there. seeing French generals and shit. But I just feel like, man, that would, that would so not work. Yeah. You know, France is not doing great right now anyway. Well, um, oh, I remember why I brought that up. It's for later, a little later. Well, um, yeah. Oh, you want to talk about that? I Actually, I see it in my notes right well, here. It's so, coming up. So, uh. Stuff's sort of heating up in Philadelphia while this is going on. Um, and uh, we should say that Ben and Peggy tied the knot. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got married. They got married. Aww. Peggy gets knocked up. Um, they're going to have a baby. And that's really nice. And, and hopefully actually... he doesn't just leave it with his sister for five fucking years. Well, he'll leave it with someone. <laughs> just not a hand. I'm just saying, you think those kids know what he looks like? Um, you think they, they know like, who he is? Like, who, I mean, I don't think is? they had even had mirrors back then, so probably not. They totally had mirrors back then. I don't know. But anyway, okay. Only the rich people did, and they don't have any money. It also should be said that it's around this time and all this negativity, and all this bullshit happening, that Ben sort of, you know, with this information that the British government's ready to sort of reconcile, he hasn't, this isn't like a firm thing, and the time, the timeline's a little fuzzy, but this is actually when he starts putting out his feelers, mm-hmm. looking for, okay, like, maybe I can cut a deal with the British. Because that Reconciliation Act, that's looking pretty sweet. And this war's got me nothing but a noodle fucking leg and an empty bank account. Yeah. Dead wife. Dead wife. Kids wife. are home with my ugly sister. <laughs> you did get a hot wife out of it. Yeah. That's... Yeah, she, you got a pretty... But, she's a, but she is a loyalist. Yeah, she likes them. So you know every night, you know, they're just all hot and heavy. And then she's like, wouldn't it be great if we got back with the kid? <laughs> wouldn't it feel so fucking good if there's a portrait of the king just staring at us while we well, it's funny you should say that because I wonder if the mic picked that up. Um, hopefully Probably. not. <laughs> um, but the the first uh, the first thing that the the way that Ben puts his feelers out for hey maybe we should hang out with the British a little bit more just get an idea of what they maybe want if you know someone maybe that I knew or was decided to become a turncoat is uh he he so what he does is he calls this loyalist over to his house this guy joseph stansbury and he's like hey joe 
Um, so I need you to send me a letter to this guy that Peggy knows. You know, I don't really know him, but she has good things to say about him. Uh, this guy, John Andre, who is a basically the British spy chief at this point. He's like the head of the British Secret Service at this point. He's a big, important guy. So he has he sends Stansberry out to go just talk to talk to him. Maybe let it known that Ben might be interested. Yeah, maybe play a little ball. And, play a little cricket. Uh, and uh, and Andre's like, oh, fuck yeah. Mm, yeah. The, because Ben, out of all the people that are like shitty, uh, like look at all of these fucking assholes in the American Revolution that were supposedly fighting for the Americans but turned out to be the biggest dickheads. We got all the way back to Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys. We got Horatio Gates, who is basically just he's like king dickhead. Yeah, there's like a whole plot. He's trying to get rid of George Washington and shit. Um, I mean, so Andre would think, well, those guys are going to be the turncoats first. But then when he hears that fucking Ben Arnold, who has a reputation of being this fierce warrior, being this like he, I mean, think about all their interactions with him. Yeah, he's just some crazy asshole that's just throwing himself like literally. Kill as many British people as possible. Um, And so Andre just gets an instant hard-on for wanting to get Ben Arnold on the side of the British. Or whatever the British equivalent is. Yeah. Uh, It's like a a Jolly Roger. (laughs) It's like a pirate thing. Yeah, but that's also, that's why they called it that. Oh. I think. It's an English boner. I feel like Jolly Roger sounds like an English boner. I mean, to me, it does. You know, I love doing this podcast with you. <laughs> Just saying it now. Um, so uh, I want to do like a little bit of a yeah, quick bio talk on about, John yeah. Andre. Knock yourself out. So um, that was the dude uh, we talked about him just a second ago. He was Peggy's sort of fling Peggy, when she was uh, yeah. doing all the loyalist dance parties. Probably if the British won, she'd be married to him and not to Ben Arnold. And part of me wonders if reaching out to him was just her like, oh, I just want to see John Andre again. I mean... What am I doing with this old guy? His leg is so gross to look at. The, the book the book didn't get too much into what, how much of a role that Peggy played in the, in the betrayal. Which is absurd because every other source is like, yeah, it's her. It's yeah, her. obviously. And that's <laughs> what really pissed me off about this book was that they were like, oh yeah, and they happened to get married, and for some reason he thought of John Andre, and was like, that's because they were fucking holding hands and shit. She loved it, and she was a loyalist. She uh, was like, she, and she was smart. It wasn't like she, she was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, she was educated. Yeah, she knew what the fuck was up, and her parents were fucking deeply in, in uh, you know, involved in the British loyalist movement. Like, these were like rich way back rich Brits. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she had, I think she had a lot of, she, she wanted this sort of sense of order. Um, okay, cat, come on now. What's up, kitty? <laughs> I know, she's gotta walk through the fucking blinds every time. But, uh, I mean, John Andre was... Yeah, tell us about John Andre. He was a, he was a rock star. The, the stuff that we know, by the time he turned 28, he was already the head of the British Secret Service, which is nuts. Um, he... Was born into a rich family. So he was like a spy kid. Yeah, basically. Um, he studied military drawing and mathematics in Switzerland. On top of that, he studied art, flute, and dancing. So he's got the tough military thing, but he also has a sensitive side. 
art flute and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and he could speak French, Dutch, and German. That's why the boys the and the girls loved him. Exactly. But more the boys. Everybody loved this guy. Everybody, Men wanted, uh, women wanted to be with him, and men wanted to be him and also be with him. He was like a, he was like a huge rock star. Um, everybody liked him. He was smart. He was funny. Talented. If you're nice enough, he'd play your flute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Maybe that's why Ben got involved. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he was, you know, he was a well-liked person. He was a very charismatic person. He climbed the ranks really fast. And he really, really, really wanted to get Ben involved in the, uh, in, uh, the treasonous uh, department. That's all I gotta say about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I didn't know he studied flute. Yeah, I thought that was and pretty dancing. interesting. You know, that's cool. You could be an elf. Well, you know, both of both both of those things take a certain amount of dedication and a lot of confidence. Yes. Yeah, you can't just be. You can't just jump and... out there, yeah, dancing around, playing your flute, and like not totally know what the fuck yeah. is up. Just look at Jethro Tull. I fucking love Jethro Tull. Yeah. No. Um, so getting back to Mike was uh, mentioning some Frenchies earlier. Uh, you want to talk about these French guys showing oh, up yes. in Philly? So while so so Ben and Andre they were sort of going back and forth on a little bit of like and it's just like just kiss already. Yeah, I mean they were they were going back uh, and forth on like a little bit of negotiation. Ben was like, "Well, I'd like this amount of money." And Andre's like, mm, maybe. And Ben's like, hey, can I meet Henry Clinton? And Andre's like, nah, not going to happen. Uh, but, you know, we we have this idea for you uh, of giving up, surrendering about 3,000 soldiers. That's kind of what we want. And Ben's like, all right, well, um, we'll see about that. But in the meantime, here's a few little secrets just to wet your whistle. So there was like a little bit of breadcrumbs. Um, but Ben hadn't, wasn't entirely like, yeah, I'm going to just do that. I'm going to give up 3,000 of my men to you. Um, so while they're doing, going through this negotiation period, you know, you've got a lot of French soldiers that are coming into Philadelphia, and they got a lot of French money because they're not broke like the colonies, um, and they're, paying for, they're buying up everything, so all the prices are starting to go up. And all the colonists that lived in Philadelphia were like, we can't afford to eat anymore. And so they start getting real fucking salty. And of course, Joseph Reed's just like more than happy to stoke that fire. Um, so uh, one of the big things that he does that really, I think, finally puts Ben over the edge is he goes to this guy. He, he gathers like a big angry mob. And they go to this guy's house. Um, he's, uh, what's his name, Wilson, something Wilson. Bobby Wilson. Mm, James Wilson. James Wilson. And, uh, and which I don't really know why they, like, go after him in particular. Um, because he was a patriot, and he was one of the people that, oh, I know why. So he was, this guy James Wilson, he was one of the guys that signed the Declaration of Independence. He's one of the guys that was a big patriot but he also big believed in like justice and like law and things being fair so he would defend loyalists in court in philadelphia and try to like get them as much crap as he could like so they didn't get lose everything yeah and reed was like fuck that fuck this guy he's 
he's he's ran on my ship parade. Um, so that he gets a big mob and they all go to Wilson's house and they actually start like trying to storm it. They got like muskets. Um, and Ben's like, what the fuck? What in the actual fuck? So he goes over to Wilson's house and he's like, he's like holding it. Holding down Fort Wilson, which is what they called it. And there were also uh, three other signatories of the Declaration of Independence there with him. With Ben? With and Wilson? Ben. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was like, Ben was like, what is happening here? You weren't all supposed to be on the same side. And this is just, to him, it was like indicative of the disease that had swept through the American Revolution, where you have all these people, like, they, they only had like a few thousand people enlisted at this point. Like, most of the people that were fighting at this point were, like, French soldiers because everyone was just like, we don't give a fuck anymore. And Ben's like, I gave up everything. I literally lost two inches of my body to be in this war and fight for you assholes. And no one's giving a shit. And now you're even going after each other because this one guy was doing what we should do in America, which is, like, give people fair trials. And you're, and you're inciting an angry mob. And running through one of the guys that's in the house with a bayonet and breaking this guy's door down. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. Fuck these people. I'm over it. And I feel like that was, like, really the big thing where he's like, this is so bunked. Like, this revolution is destined to fail because all of these people are insane idiots. Little did he know. Us <laughs> insane idiots, we're still trucking along. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hate to see what he would, what he would say about America now. But, uh, suck it, Ben Arnold. Yeah, suck bitch. it, you traitor bitch. USA. <laughs> uh, but, um, that's basically, I think, what really sort of set him off and was, like, put him all in on well, the treason. the thing that makes it even more fucked up is, so, like he was saying, there's this big arm standoff between these two mobs. They're shooting at each other, they're running each other through, all sorts of horrible stuff's happening. The, uh, Continental Army shows up and sort of disperses it. Well... Ben gets a hold of Congress, and he's saying, hey, I, I need some more help, like, policing all of this shit. Things are, like, way too crazy here. These people are doing horrible things. And Congress is like, all right, well, you know, running, like, the state security, that kind of goes to the state council. We need you to hit up Joseph Reed and ask him for help. <laughs> yeah. And in case you haven't been paying attention, Joseph Reed was leading <laughs> the mob. Um, they also had just finished tallying up his expenses from the Canadian campaign and decided that he owed them an additional $1,000 and then in the same breath denied him payment for all of his expenses during the campaign. Yeah. And so... Uh, Which... And this is also... Fair. This is when uh, George Washington's letter comes in. Yeah. That's when it arrives. He gets this uh, flowery the George Washington... Yeah. So it is just like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Yeah. And, you know, Ben's just like, fuck it, I'm out, like, I gotta do something else. Well, to be fair, I would say that well, the th whole thing of them not paying him for his expenses is kind of on him, because they were never like, yeah, we'll pay you back. They never said that. He was just like, well, I gotta, I mean, he had to do it to keep people alive. And Mike's uh, got a really great analogy for this that he used in a previous episode. Uh, Buying a TV for a company you work for oh, without yeah. asking the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're this far, you've obviously heard that one. Yeah. But just that again. Well, yeah, it's like <laughs> if you're going to go in and buy a $9,000 
big screen TV and be like, I just think it would be good for Can we morale. make it something cooler? Could it be, uh, what are what are those uh, rodeo machines called? Like oh, the like mechanical the bowl. Mechanical bowl, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to buy that and put it in smack dab in the office because you think it would be good for morale, but your boss never signed off on it, don't expect to get that money back. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, this was stuff that was uh, keeping people alive. Like, it was food and, and whatever. Like, medicine and clothing and, yeah. like, weapons for but, his army. You know, they never said, hey, go spend that money. So, I mean, I don't know whose fault that is. But, but the fact that uh, they find him on top of that is kind of like a little bit of a kick in the balls. So, Washington is sort of like either hearing about or seeing all these like horrible things happening to Benedict Arnold and Washington's one of the few people that actually recognizes Ben as like the asset that he is. He's a hard fighting, just crazy general where a lot of the generals prefer to be more like Gates and sit back and uh, play it safe. You know, Ben's the guy that you put him in he just goes nuts. He's an attack dog. He's crazy. So... Washington's like, well, shit, I don't want to lose this guy. All this bad shit's happening. I know he's about to quit. So Washington sends him a request to join his forces as a divisional commander, and he would be put in charge of half of Washington's best infantry. Yeah, which is what he's been, which is what Ben has been wanting this whole time. It's a shitload of glory. You get to serve with honor. You get to serve directly under George fucking Washington. But uh, Ben's like, you know what? That sounds really great. But uh, how about you put me in charge of uh, West Point instead? My, my little noodle leg is just paining me. And I need something chill. Something like West Point. It's, mm. West Point was a strategically important fort, but uh, not really, didn't really have like a lot of uh, chances to achieve glory or yeah, honor. Which is kind of weird, because that's all that Ben's been wanting this whole time i think it just it speaks to how fucking broken he is right now well that and also i think what we're glossing over is that he looked at west point and he's like hmm there's about three thousand soldiers that i can just hand over to the british you know who would love this (laughs) (laughs) the british so yeah it was a very convenient like he was it was a good excuse my leg don't work um but there were definitely ulterior motives do you want to take a break right here and then this pause is perfect it yeah we'll... let's uh take a little pause here now for a word from Look. our sponsors oh, I already stopped that. hey oh all right and scene all right we're back oh. uh you didn't even know we left because i'm gonna edit that out yeah you don't have to say that <laughs> you know i was just thinking guys um why buy chicken wings when you can make your own mm. my girlfriend made us chicken wings tonight Mike's enjoying them all over again. So, um... (laughs) Okay, so... Ben uh, finalized the negotiations with Andre, John Andre, and Henry Clinton. Andre the fucking giant. And and took over West Point. And the first thing that he did when he started command uh, at West Point was look at all the shit that was wrong with West Point. Totally unsuspiciously, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, hey, this this wall looks pretty poorly constructed. Oh, hey, this hillside fortification. I noticed that there's no defenses on the back. Look at how these trees sort of like block enemy shots into the <laughs> fort. We should cut those down real quick." <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, 
Oh, okay. So do you want to like fix that or and Ben's like, no. Why why are we fixing it? <laughs> yeah. Um uh the one uh sort of snag in the plan was while he's looking at all these different things that were wrong with West Point trying to get some recon on how easily the British could take it was that uh, he noticed that there wasn't like enough men because one of the stipulations was Clinton was like, Hey, all right, so we'll give you 20,000 pounds, um, which was double the, the amount that Ben was originally. Yeah. I think we forgot to mention it, but he was, uh, the whole time he was talking to John Andre, he kept hounding him. He wanted like a hard agreement that he would get, uh, like a decent rank and 10,000 pounds sterling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean so, to sidetrack right, you. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. So Clinton was like, all right, I'll give you 20,000 pounds if you can guarantee that we'll get 3,000 men captured from this from this deal. And Ben was like, oh, shit, because they only had 1,500 men, which would have been like really good if the British just wanted to go in and take down the fort, but it wasn't good because that's how that was like half of what Clinton was asking for. Fortunately for Ben, he told this to Washington, and Washington was like, oh, you know what? All right, well, here you go. Here's 3,000 men. Ben's so, such a good guy. Whatever <laughs> you need, buddy. I don't know why you're asking for that amount specifically, but here you go. I'll give you just the amount that you need for that secret deal that I have no idea about. <laughs> so so he got, so Ben got the 3,000 men. Easy as that. Because Washington was like, I also think Washington was like really trying to make it up for uh, make it up to Ben for the fact that he had to send him that reprimand letter and all of that stuff. Yeah. So he he really like made that happen. So that was like boom, taken care of. So the next thing that Ben had to figure out was like how do I hand over these plans to Andre? And this is where this whole story becomes basic. Basically, like if the Cohen brothers were writing. A movie about the American Revolution, it would play out exactly like this. Like this is basically Fargo, where you just have a bunch of weird shit that's happening. All these people, all these weird characters that like, yeah, don't, it's like weird being, farce. Yeah, they're not being told everything, so they're not entirely like totally committed to the plan. And then you have like this weird thing where John Andre can't like enter American territory because if he's caught. He could be executed as a spy, so they have to find, like, a neutral area to meet. Which, there's, like, a whole interesting sort of, like, set of war rules with that. So if you get caught in enemy territory, but you're wearing your uniform, you're a prisoner of war. But if you're an agent of that army and you're not in uniform, then you can be executed as a spy. Right. So Andre was like, I'm not going in there you know, without my uniform on, and I don't want to get captured, so yeah. we got to meet in these, like, wacky places. But Ben was like, but I got, like, I need people to help me get there, and I need people to help you get there, and if they see that you're, like, a British officer, that's going to be bad. So Andre's just like, you know what, I'm just going to wear a cape. That's cool. I'll just wear a cape over my uniform. It's fine. Whatever. So that's what he ends up wearing, like, a bunch of the time, for the times that they try to meet. So the first time that they try to meet, is September 11th. What? What? That's right, September 11th. I think he, like, specifically pointed to that date in a weird way and was like, yeah, isn't that weird? 
No, it's not. <laughs> a lot of things happened on September 11th other than uh, terrorist attack. Yeah, so... Not anymore. So anyway, so they decide to meet at this, at this place called Dobbs Ferry, which is like between... Uh, it's like the neutral... It's like neutral territory. Um, so... Uh, they... So the plan is to meet on on September 11th, 9/11, never forget. And uh, so Ben starts heading out on September 10th, and uh, and on so and he goes to like this farmhouse with his buddy Joshua Smith, who's like this loyalist guy, and he's telling Joshua Smith, "Hey, I'm meeting with this British businessman. His name's Anderson, not John Andre, um, and we're gonna meet in this area because uh, Anderson needs to like." get some personal yeah he needs to get some of his shit that uh is left behind in patriot territory yeah so funny side note john andre when he was staying in philadelphia i totally forgot about this and just until just now he was staying in ben franklin's house hmm. and when they evacuated philadelphia he stole like a big family portrait <laughs> of ben franklin yeah and it was something like 40 years ago or whatever they the andre family returned the painting to american hands whoa no shit isn't that fucking crazy yeah that's funny i just love that he's leaving and he's like i'm gonna take a painting of this old bulldog motherfucker like you know benedict arnold was not or what the fuck is his name benjamin franklin he was not a handsome man i don't know why you would want a big painting of him well it is i mean he was a very public figure in the revolution I guess, but still. I, I mean, that would be like the kind of thing that if you saw that at a Goodwill, that would just like make your year. Yeah, that's like, true. That oh, would hang yeah, it's in my living room. piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that any hipster would want in their living room. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, sorry, back to it. Yeah, so under the guise of this British merchant Anderson yeah. getting some of his shit, they're trying to arrange all of these meetings. So, um... So, uh, and, and Andre's coming from the Vulture, which is like this big combat sloop. It's like this big boat, um, with cannons and stuff. So while Ben's like rowing up river with Joshua Smith to go to this like little house that they're supposed to meet at, the British, no one told the Vulture not to shoot at these guys. So the Vulture just starts lob, lobbing cannons at, at, uh, Ben and Smith and the other people that are on Ben's little like barge that he has. And so Ben's like, all right, well, we don't have guns, so I'm just going to turn around. <laughs> so, like, the first meeting is interrupted by this cannon fire. Just because Andre forgot to tell him, hey, don't shoot at these guys if you see them. So that meeting didn't go down. And then the next time that they're supposed to meet, uh, well, between them, Ben hears, oh, George Washington is going is going to be coming close to here. Um, and he's not going to have, like, any protection because he's trying to make it secret. And it wasn't just Washington. It was, like, Alexander Hamilton and a couple of, like, really other and really super important American revolutionaries. And it's super weird that they weren't traveling with their army. Like, yeah, most well, commanders would stick to their army because... I don't, I don't know exactly what they were, what they were beaming about, but, but Washington was, like, very... He was, like, this needs to be a secret. He told Ben because he trusted Ben. And he needed, and he was asking for like fifty soldiers, fifty guards mm. um, from West Point to to go with him. So Ben's like, "Oh my God, this is like too good to be shit. true. We got to do it." So he writes to Andre, and he's like, "Dude, 
like per, like we gotta do, do this let's now. Let's go. Yeah. And but something happened. No one got. They never got the letter, or they got the letter, but they couldn't get it together in time. And Washington and Alexander Hamilton made it safely to their destination within eyesight of the fucking vulture. It's like that's insane. Like if they had just captured him, that that would have been it. That like that's the revolution right there. It's over. But they didn't. Well, I, I, I don't know if you got the details wrong or not, but uh, Washington's in the area when everything kind of goes south. He's going out to that meeting. He was going to have brunch with Ben Arnold. No, that's later. That's later. So he comes back? Yes. What the fuck? There's yeah. like two times he's just like sauntering he's around without... He's to West Point. He's going to somewhere else, but he's like in the area, and he's like going through there. That yeah. happens twice? Yeah, well, the first time he had, like, business to take care of, and then the second time he was going to go meet with... That just feels so irresponsible. Well, the the second time he had, like, people with him. Oh. This was just, like, supposed to be a secret clandestine meeting. Well, I'm going to cut some of this out. That's good. Because this is just me not knowing what the (laughs) fuck. No, yeah. I I did not realize there were two... It's the... You're talking about the breakfast meeting that's later. Yeah. All right, just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So, Washington makes it safely... Washington, Alexander Hamilton, all these important guys, they make it safely to their clandestine meeting. Nothing happens to them. So Ben's like, all right, we're going to, tr- let's try to meet again, uh, John. Let, we'll meet on, uh, the, on the 20th, um, and we'll, I'll hand over the plans of West Point then. Um, so, uh, but Ben was like, we should meet on land this time because the last time we tried to meet on the water, I got shot at by your stupid fucking boat. Um, so what happens after that? So they 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 go to the meeting. Um, Clinton was like, "Listen, I'm getting like a bad feeling about this. Like, John, why don't you just come back to New York?" But 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 John Andre has such like a fucking boner for like turning this guy into a British, like, you know, traitor, that he was like, no, we're, we're doing this, we gotta do this. So again, he gets his uniform on, he gets his cape on, and, um, and he's waiting on, you know, he's waiting on the vulture for Ben's men to go pick him up. Meanwhile, Ben's got this one guy, Samuel Calhoun, who is one of Joshua Smith's, like, farmhands or whatever, and he's like, listen, I need to go out there and pick this guy up, and... Samuel's like, um, that sounds like really st- dangerous and stupid. Also, it's pretty late. Yeah, and, uh, like, and I don't want to do that. And I'm not like drunk yet. So he, and he's like, also, I can't like go out there by myself. So he brings in his brother, Joseph Cahoon. So you've got the two Cahoon brothers that, and this is where to the me, brothers this be- Calhoun. Yeah, this is to me where the brother, where the, this becomes like a Cullen brothers thing where you got these two brothers that are like, yeah, well, what's in it for us? So Joshua Smith gets him drunk. He, he brings out the rum because Ben's getting pissed at this point. He's just like, just go get them. I'm telling you. I'm like the commander of West Point. Just fucking go. And Calhoun's like, I never heard no West Point. And, and then Joshua Smith's like, all right, just hear some rum. Just get drunk. And Ben will give you some flour. And then just go get him. So they finally agree to go pick him up like two hours later. And they bring him back. And, and John Andre and Ben Arnold, they finally meet face-to-face and have their meeting. And Ben's giving him, you know, the plans to West Point. 
and everything's pretty good. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, the meeting lasts like three hours. So there's a lot of information being exchanged, but that also means that like time is sort of of the essence here and the cover of darkness is starting to dissipate into the publicity of daytime. Yeah. You know, a, a giant British ship of war just sort of lurking <laughs> around a river out there. Meaning, People are going to notice. Yeah, so the they do notice, and these American gunships are like, hey, there's a big-ass fucking British boat just hanging out in the Hudson River. Uh, we should shoot at it. And they're like, I don't know, Ben didn't tell us to. And they're like, are you fucking stupid? Look at this. He would want us to de- destroy this. Yeah, it's a bad guy. Come on. Yeah, so they start shooting at the vulture because they can see it because it's the daytime. And, and it's a big ass boat. It's a big ass boat, and the vultures like, um, all right, we gotta go. <laughs> so they go ten. Well, they were like taking damage too mm-hmm. because they're the vultures not shooting back. Yeah, because they're like, we were told to not shoot <laughs> this time. Yeah, so they've got like cannonballs <laughs> hitting their mast and yeah. like slamming into the ship, and they're like, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, yeah, that would just. That would be, that's like the kind of, uh, like, that kind of situation that you have at work where you're like, well, this guy came in the office, just started punching me, but, you know, I, my boss told me not to punch back at work, so, uh, yeah. So. Uh, one of those situations. It happens all the we time. We can all relate you know to what? that. I have a white collar job now, and that's, <laughs> and that's what happens in the, off, in the office. I feel like weirder shit happened to you when you had a blue collar job. I don't want to talk about it. We should talk about it sometime, because <laughs> no. the funniest shit. Yeah, anyway, we, we let's keep go going. Let's this. keep going. Yeah, we're, we're making good time. So the vulture ditches John Andre and goes like 10 miles upriver just to get away from these annoying, pesky American gunboats. And John Andre's like, huh, well, that's my ride. So uh, Uber hasn't been invented yet, and I need to get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> if I get caught, I'm screwed. And so are you. So they decide... Uh, so he tries to get, so Ben again tries to get the Cahoon brothers uh, to, to take him back. And they're like, there's, what are you, crazy? We're you want us to row like 10, 10 miles? miles? Like, yeah. What the fuck? Through like enemy territory. This is going to look super weird and suspicious. I mean, we know this guy's just the business man and not this guy anderson in this giant fucking cloak (laughs) see the little like red uniform under it that's what i don't get how did they not notice that i'm sure they did i'm sure that's why they're like we're not doing this yeah like this uh, i don't know know. they seem pretty stupid though and they're probably pretty drunk (laughs) yeah uh so the the backup plan is hey joshua smith you're gonna escort uh john andre on land back to where the vulture is docked. And because they're going on land through what is essentially a war zone, maybe it's a better idea if John Andre isn't wearing his bright-ass red jacket. You think? You know, why, why doesn't he change over into this gross one we found in a closet? Right. And Andre's kind of like, I don't know about this. And Ben's like, are you fucking kidding me? Everything's going to be fine. Don't be a pussy. Take off your jacket. You're, and, you're in the company of my most trusted farmhand, Joshua Smith. And here's a note that's like, Ben says this guy is cool, let him go. Signed, Ben. See? I mean, he's like, listen, if you need more evidence, I'll give you more evidence. <laughs> what do you want? You want my semen? Here's some semen in a jar. You want my blood? Here's some blood. Yeah, he always had those things on hand. 
It's sort of like a promissory. Uh, you want some of the pus that's dripping from my two-inch shorter leg? noodle leg? Here you go. So, yeah, so they set out. Joshua Smith and John Andre, they set out on horseback through uh, the revolutionary territory. Are we pausing here? No, let's keep going. Um, and uh, it's going okay for the most part. They run into this group of New York militia, and they're like, hey, you. And John Andre's like, who, who, me? Like, yeah, you. You shouldn't be out right now. There's, there's bad people out. And they're like, why don't you stay in this farmhouse? And John Andre's like, um, okay. He's like, yeah, there's, there's the loyalists, and you know, you don't want to run to, into them. Meanwhile, that's well, exactly like, who John Andre wants to run into, because he wants to get the fuck out of there. Well, it's like, if you ever talk to a police officer, suddenly you start sweating a little bit, like, you know, even if you're not doing anything wrong, you know, imagine you're John Andre, you're doing, like, the maximum amount of things wrong. Yeah. Like. And they're like, all right. So we're just going to stay in this farmhouse. So they stay in the farmhouse for a day, and then they head back out, and they come to this bridge on their way out, and, uh, and, um, and uh, Joshua Smith is just like, um, yeah, so I think I'm good. You, you can make it the rest of the way, right? Yeah, you're pretty far. And, uh, and um, so they make it to this bridge, and Joshua Smith is like, all right, so I'm, I think I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm just going uh, to head home. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good though, right? And John Andre's like, no. And he's like, no, you're good, you're good. You got this. You got this. You're fucking John Andre, he's Andre like, the Giant. And John Andre's like, where, well, where do I go? And Joshua Smith is just like, I don't know, there. It's a road. Just follow the road. Meanwhile, roads back then were just like dirt paths that had a little bit more dirt than grass <laughs> <laughs> so so john andrews is like um all right i guess and joshua smith is like oh that's great because i'm already riding away okay bye he just ditches us he just fucking leaves us so so john andrews is like all right what the fuck where do i go so he tries to follow the path and he hears he runs into like this little kid who's like yeah, there's like, you can go this way, or, but watch out for Terrytown because there's a bunch of loyalists over there. And John Andrew's like, oh, yeah, definitely wouldn't go to where all the loyalists are at Terrytown and makes a <laughs> beeline straight for Terrytown. But on the way to Terrytown, he's like, he's like half a mile out. He's so close. He's so close to making it home. But on half a mile out of, outside of Terrytown, he runs into these three dudes who are dressed in Hessian uniforms. And he's like, hey, that guy looks like a Hessian. I know the Hessians, I know how to speak German. And he's like, auf Wiedersehen, my good fellows. Auf Wiedersehen, mein Damen und Herren. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm just going to actually what, what he actually does say is he says, uh, he sees these guys walking up in the, the Hessian uniforms, and he says, thank God I am among friends. I am glad to see you. I am an officer in the British service and have now been on a particular business in the country, and I hope you will not detain me. To which the bandits respond, Get down! And <laughs> yeah. we are American! Yeah. Not really as eloquent, but wah, wah, wah. really gets the point across. So John Andre is fucked. Yeah, so it turns out that the three guys that were wearing the Hessian coats 
were actually these these guys called skinners, which are basically were like scavengers back then who would just like steal shit off of anybody, British, American, or whatever. They, yeah, they were essentially like just bandits or highwaymen. Yeah, but they uh, they they found out, you know, so they they found out that hey, this we could get a pretty penny for this guy. So they have him stripped down to everything but his boots and his uh, and his uh, boxers, basically. And you know they're searching through everything. He's sweating. Andre's sweating bullets while this is going. Sweating on. The musket balls. Yeah, and um, I guess that is more time appropriate. And they they don't find anything, but then they're like, "Let me see those boots, boy. Let me see those fancy little suede boots you got there on your sweet little feet, boy." And they go in there and they look at his boots and they find the fucking letter that Ben Arnold had. All they find all the plans that Ben Arnold gave them. They find the the letter that's like, "Hey, let this guy go. He's cool." They find everything, every and it piece all of smells like pickles and vinegar. Because that's what John Andre's feet smelled like. Yeah, he got stinky pickle feet. Yeah, I mean that. I, my my feet smell worse. I would I would gladly trade pickle feet <laughs> for my feet. Um, so they bring they bring Andre to uh, to this fort. What was the fort called? Uh, I don't remember. Fuck. I haven't put that in my notes. Two secrets, big skinners, blah, 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 blah. We involve around messenger. Uh, I hate when we take pauses like this. Where are we? It doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway, so they find uh, they find all these plans in John Andre's boot, and they're thinking, hey, this looks super fishy, but you know what pays really well? Turning in spies. Yeah. Get, like, a pretty nice little bounty out of this yeah. let's uh let, let's march his ass over to west point and turn him over to old benedict arnold well they don't make it that far they go to this other fort and they run a, the commander of that fort this guy jameson he is like hmm this is weird i wonder what this is all about it says he's just a business person so it doesn't seem that bad but there's this other guy there who's this guy benjamin talmage and he, this guy Talmadge, actually worked for Washington, and Washington as part of Washington's spy ring. And he's like, mm, yeah, I knew that Ben was meeting with this guy Anderson. It's weird that he has all the plans for West Point. Yeah, which it's like the ultimate guy yeah. that an enemy spy doesn't want to be trotted <laughs> out in front yeah. of. Like this is like as bad as it gets for John Andre. Yeah. So at this point, Andre is basically fucked. And the one thing that sort of saves Ben's ass is that Talmadge goes to this guy Jameson and he's like, we have like proof that Benjamin Arnold committed treason and or that he's like well, was working with this that Talmadge, he somehow gave him this Yeah, Talmadge this knew that Arnold was going to meet with this businessman Anderson, but he's looking at all of this shit that's the plans for West Point, it's all sorts of, you know, really sensitive information it's a pass with Ben Arnold's name on it and you know, all these Skinners, they're like Oh, we're taking this guy on to sell him to Ben Arnold. Yeah. And he's like, huh, well, cool, you take the dude, but uh, we're, I, I want to send like a second group out to George Washington because this guy knew. He's looking at this shit and he's like, this totally implicates yeah, Benedict Arnold. He put two and two together. Exactly. He's yeah. like, this is like, wow, holy shit, this is... So like delivering this guy and all these documents to Benedict Arnold 
that would have saved Ben's ass because he could have found some way to uh, maybe he could explain it away. He could hide the documents, suppress the information, anything. Yeah. But now I mean, you've got. It wouldn't have been that hard. It's not like any of the shit's in the cloud. All you need is like a campfire, and you're good to go. You don't even need a fucking paper shredder. Yeah. So now Ben's pretty fucked because there's information about you know this this spy that was caught headed to him, but there's also a second rider going out to give this info to General Washington, who's sort of back in the area. Mm. And well, I, and but Jameson was like. He knew that if this was going to go down, that that would mean accusing one of the top generals in the fucking army of treason. So he writes Ben a letter, and it's like, hey, buddy, just so you know, there's some weird stuff. I'm sure you didn't commit treason, because you're a good guy. But this looks super bad. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look good. So just wanted to let you know. That I'm um, sending a copy to George Washington. Yeah, so you got these two letters that are sort of running concurrently with each other. Meanwhile, Ben's like, hmm, I hope John made it back okay. <laughs> it's not like they have cell phones or anything back then. And he's also receiving a letter from George Washington that's like, hey, buddy, gonna be in the area soon. Yeah. How about brunch? Let's get some breakfast. So, uh... How about some chilaquiles? Yeah, like the ultimate in like just weird farcical bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Ben's about to have like a breakfast hangout with George Washington and like a couple other. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, like a couple big patriot leaders. So, um, so they're at home, and uh, that that morning when all this shit goes down, you know they're serving breakfast. Peggy's trotting out some fruit salad and some chilaquiles. And, uh, <laughs> and some Bloody Marys. And, uh, and Washington can't make it immediately, but Alexander Hamilton shows up. Yeah, Washington gets distracted on some bullshit military thing. He's got to go look over yeah. guns. Guns. Got to go look guns. at them. So Ben's having breakfast with Alexander Hamilton, and he gets his letter first. And he gets the letter from Jameson that's like, hey, so we got this guy. And, um, yeah, so not sure if he committed treason or not, but, yeah. Sure looks like it. So um, Ben runs upstairs and tells Peggy, he's like, all right, I'm going to split. And Peggy's like, um, okay, what should I do? And he's like, I don't know, just stay here. You'll don't be worry, fine. They'll, You're be, a woman. they'll be cool. And you have yeah. a baby. And so he leaves his wife and his newborn son <laughs> at this house and just splits for his barge. Yeah, he tells everybody, hey, I'll be back in an hour. Uh, yeah, tell Washington I'll be right back. I'll yeah. be right back. I got to go inspect the, some fort stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, And then he just books it on a horse. He's out of there. So a little bit later, Washington gets there. and He's, he's having like, his nice slice of cantaloupe. And then he gets his letter. And he's like, what the fuck? Because this is a guy, not a lot of... Pretty much everybody's been gunning for Washington, like, this whole time. And Ben was, like, one of the only people, uh, especially one of the only officers in the military, that was, like, really behind him. One of the officers in the military with actual power that was, like, really behind him. And he finds out that this fucking guy betrayed him. And he is fucking pissed. Yeah, in uh, Marquis de Lafayette's uh, journal, he wrote that he remembered entering Washington's room while he held the damning papers in his shaking hands. And he says, uh, Arnold has betrayed me. Who can we trust now? 
Yeah, I'm sure that's what he said. Not not some French. There wasn't some French, uh, you know, flowery exposition there to <laughs> make the story a little more interesting. But yeah, I mean, I'm watching it with Prolocus. I don't know. Yeah, you I mean, you can't trust any of the well, actual specifics. So I can't remember the actual quote, but like after a couple hours, Washington sort of settles down and he ends up giving this really nice grounded quote where basically he's saying, I can't believe this hasn't happened sooner. Mm, you know, yeah. it sucks that it's been, but we're pretty lucky we've made it this far and this is like the worst we're getting. I mean, to be fair, he did, had a decent amount of people within the army that weren't even going to the British and were still trying to like overthrow him. I mean, this shit has been kind of going on for a while. Just no one going to the British being like, here's... It was like every other way that they could screw the revolution. People like Horatio Gates and Ethan Allen were figuring out how to do that without going to the British. You know, so... I mean, I guess they're lucky, but it's not like they haven't had people gunning for his fucking job this whole time. But anyway. Yeah, so, uh... Yeah, uh... Andre's captured, Ben makes it safely to New York, and uh, Washington, I I wasn't able to find anything super cool, but uh, I, apparently he engaged in several sort of clandestine attempts to, at first he wanted Arnold alive, and then he was like, fuck it, I don't even care, just kill the son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, if I was Ben Arnold at this point, I'd be like, we're going straight to England. Yeah. Fuck this. Why? Why hang around? Because you know that they're gonna be fucking gunning for you just to make an example of you. I mean, people were mad. Like this was like this wasn't just like some secret spy thing that was happening. This was like a public event. Like everybody. Yeah, this was big. Everybody hated Benedict Arnold after this. They had like they had like parades where they had two faced effigies of Benedict Arnold being accompanied by Satan. On the way to a bonfire. <laughs> like, people were pissed. This was a hugely... I mean, and you can see it from the fact that, like, we've been using the phrase Benedict Arnold to... As to this day. Synonymous with being a traitor. Yeah, to this day. I mean, this was like a huge deal. Well, and what kind of made it worse is, so... Arnold's hiding out in New York, and... The Americans keep saying, hey, we'll give you Andre for Benedict. You know, let's the tradesies. Yeah. And the British are like, fuck. Because they're kind of in like the opposite boat where it's like they would love to give him up, but they can't because if they give up Arnold, that's going to discourage anyone else that wants to defect. So if they give him up, you know, anybody else would just be like, fuck that. They're yeah. just going to trade me and I'm going to get you know, whipped and tarred and feathered and hung, you know, that's fucked. So the Americans were just like, all right, well, screw it. We captured Andre as a fucking spy. He wasn't wearing his uniform, which Andre was totally not into. He was trying <laughs> to wear it the whole fucking time. And uh, so they were like, well, fuck it. We got to hang him. He's a spy. Yeah, the wunderkind. <laughs> and, you know, it just... You know, Andre was super popular. He was popular with the people that were holding him. He was popular in the British ranks. And he was he, like a likable guy. Yeah, it, it's. I, who was it? It was. There was. Was it Hamilton or somebody was spending time with him before he was yeah, hung? Yeah, was Hamilton. Hamilton was like, can we just like not hang this guy? Yeah, Hamilton fucking loved him because yeah. he's just like such a cool guy. Yeah. 
and, and Washington was like, sorry, I don't want to either, but we have to. Well, and you know, and how many people were like, wow, that Benedict Arnold, what a cool guy. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> Everybody fucking hated him. But the British fucking spy chief, the, the head of the British Secret Service, is like everyone's favorite person over, so, over their own general. Yeah. So they're, they're hanging uh, John Andre, and they ask him, you know, hey, do you have any last words? And he replies, only this, gentlemen, that you all bear me witness that I meet my fate like a brave man. He then pulls his hat off and places the noose around his own neck. And everybody's just like, fuck! It's pretty Fuck! Badass. Even his last line, it's like, oh! Yeah. Why? It's pretty badass. So, say. yeah, his death turns him into, like, a folk hero. Meanwhile, what folks are saying about Benedict Arnold is literally this. It's a quote. Treason, treason, treason black as hell. <laughs> like... So dramatic. Yeah, Again. everybody that knew him was, like, making up shitty stories and trying to distance themselves from him. Well, they were going into inquiries, and they were digging into everybody. They were looking at Phil Schuyler. They were looking at... Seeing like how deep did this go? But this is where like back in the first episode when we're talking about his childhood, just even like old neighbors and shit were like, "Yeah, I knew him when he was a kid, and he was a dick." Yeah, that's where all this shit started popping up. Yeah, this is where it like really muddies the waters where because Jared people are Diamond so pissed. Sparks, that's where he was getting all this information. You got a bunch of people that were like willing to blab about Benedict Arnold fifty years later because, you know, it was so easy to hate him. Well, I mean, they even, they broke into a cemetery, they destroyed his father's gravestone, and his, like, infant brother. The first Ben? Yeah. Ben Ben, Five? Ben Five. They fucking break his gravestone. They're just trying to erase the name Arnold from existence. Yeah. Like, that's how much people hated him. I mean, if you look around now, do you see any fucking monuments that are, like, to Benedict Arnold? Mm, You did us a lot of good, and then you... You tried to do some bad, and you fucked it up spectacularly. There is one. That's right. Well, yeah. we could talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll save it for the ending. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Ben's hanging out in New York, and he's constantly hounding Clinton for an official military rank. He wants the pay that he was guaranteed, and, uh, you know, all his financial rewards for defecting, and Clinton's kind of like, pissed because everybody over there you know andre was clinton's buddy yeah they were pretty close and I mean, he was he was clinton's aide de camp before he was even the spy chief so they were close like clinton really i feel like that they had sort of this weird mentor not weird it was normal yeah no yeah mentor, totally normal mentee relationship um yeah so clinton's pissed and he, he he lost like his best buddy almost like a son figure and then he got this other guy that's like yeah, so you told me I was going to get 20,000 pounds, and my accountants only count 18,743 pounds? And Clinton's just like, shut the fuck also, up. Also, where's my rank? Where's yeah. my rank? Where's my uniform? When do I get to lead some soldiers? Why are we just sitting around here? Yeah. Why aren't we doing anything? the same fucking bullshit that he was pulling with Congress, with fucking Gates. With all of these people. He was just doing the same thing. Yeah, he's railing against Clinton because he's not 
taking more action against the Patriots, which he can't. He can't leave New York. The yeah. French can show up and take it in two seconds. What the fuck is yeah. he going to do? I wonder if he got like a better reaction now that he's with the British than he was getting from the Americans. Nope, he didn't like him. Oh, and to what? make matters even better, Ben goes over his head directly to Parliament, like British Parliament, and is like, this guy really needs to get shit together. We should be on the offensive. We should be doing this. And Parliament's just kind of like, hey, uh, Clinton, why don't you get your shit in order? Because this guy won't quit writing us. Well, you mean that Ben Arnold was just an insufferable jackass no matter what <laughs> army he was fighting for? <laughs> so weird. I thought that it was Congress's fault. Or everyone else's fault, but not Ben Arnold's fault. So Clinton's, like, royally pissed, but to his credit, he kind of keeps his cool. He gives Ben a couple guys, and he's like, all right, um, why don't you head up north? There's, like, a little privateer base that's, like, fucking with our shipping. Uh, you know, why don't you handle that? Ben leads the forces in, wipes out the privateer base, wait, and, and he, 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 whoops. He, wait, he does, he, he, like, honorably fights, right? And everything goes fine, and people are like, hey, you know what? This Ben Arnold isn't that bad, right? No, he accidentally burns down the town. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and what also, uh... He, he just made Douglas' grave even deeper with the Americans? And also, there, there was a fort they were trying to take, and he kind of fucked it up. And killed almost all of the American defenders. Oh, you mean after even when they, they were already surrendering? Surrendered. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Whoops! So he burns down a town and kills a bunch of soldiers that had surrendered. Uh, yeah. So he did not get any more jobs after that. That's weird. They were kind of like, "Hey, why don't you go to England? <laughs> why don't you just stop murdering innocent people and ruining everyone's livelihood?" Like, yeah, you're making this a lot worse. Meanwhile, you know, people in America, they're incensed. Like, they're seeing red. They hate this guy. This is like... I, I, I don't even know. It's They already hate him more than... They're calling him, like, Satan and stuff. Like, yeah. And then he actually <laughs> is acting like Satan. And then he <laughs> kills a bunch of Americans! Like, yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah. He's so into it. Like... It, it just it boggles my mind. Like, this guy is the reason, maybe one of the biggest reasons we're a country, and... I mean, I think it, it just speaks he's to He's killing the, Americans I now. I think it speaks to the fact that he didn't give a fuck, and that he really was very much driven by, like, I how can I get the highest position? How can I... Like, it, it, it wasn't like he truly truly believed in the revolution like maybe he did at one point and it got turned sour but to me this just speaks to the idea how, like if you were to do this and you were like betraying your country and you had people that you knew or that like stood in for people that you knew it's like you look at an American soldier and you see your fucking brother because your brother was fighting in the American revolution at one point even if it's not your brother you still see that and it's like, he didn't see that. Yeah, so he just saw, like, peons. He saw little soldiers to be ordered around and flung into his crazy endeavors. Yeah, like, if you were to become a traitor, you, if, if, if it was me and I was, like, made his decision, I'd be like, all right, here's West Point, whatever, just don't hurt anybody, and I'm going to go live in London and feel guilty for the rest of my fucking life. But he goes in, he's like, when can I fucking crush some skulls, bro? And, and he just does it. You want Washington? I'm going to try and give you Washington, dog. Yeah. He's like, like, wow, the one guy that, like, it. had your back. Yes. Like, I get it. Like, other people weren't super cool. This guy was pretty cool. Like, yeah. 
He's trying to put you in charge of, like, the coolest shit in the army, and you're just wiping your ass on it. Like... What a fucking jackass. Well... Let's see. Let's see how the rest of his life turns out. We'll make this pretty quick right, because yeah, it's not super interesting. <laughs> yeah, so after the two fucking debacles, yeah, he is British just packed up and sent to London. Yeah, get him the fuck out of here. This guy's a disaster. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, his wife and his son, his baby son. Yeah. How much? Were... God damn. How much would that suck to be Hannah Arnold right now? Well, so Hannah. Whoa. Arnold, Hannah Arnold. You know, her, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it sucks. She, she didn't is... meet up with him until he was in Canada again. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. I mean, That I... must have sucked. People were probably spitting in her hair everywhere. Maybe. I mean, he almost pretended like she didn't even exist unless he needed her, so maybe people didn't even know who she was. I don't know. I don't know. You spend your whole fucking life helping your dickhead brother, and then he just... Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a... Ugh. Um... But so Peggy and the baby Ned, they they meet up with, they get kicked out of Philadelphia basically after having Ooh, been. And who kicks them out? Mister Joseph Reed. Bow. Yeah, First and second round goes just to Reed. Kicking them while they're down. Twisting the fucking knife. Yeah. To their credit, though, they didn't like hold Peggy and Ned as prisoners. George Washington, he wrote George Washington was like, "Hey, this whole betrayal thing, it was all on me." Please don't fuck with my wife or my kid. And George Washington was like, mm, all right. Yeah. Which, well, I don't know if that's cool or not, but uh, what it is what it is. He, he let I mean, his wife and kid go. how did you know that go. Peggy was basically Lady Macbeth pulling the strings of this whole operation? Sweet little Peggy? <laughs> well, and uh, sweet little Peggy was actually, she met the queen when they yeah. went back to England, and the queen liked her so much that she gave her a fat-ass pension. So... Yeah. And Ben had the ear of the king. He had, like, people in Parliament listening to him, and people in England were like, who, this guy's a fucking jackass. Like, yeah, everybody hated him, because they liked every, you know, they're reading in the papers all about John Andre and General Howe, and, like, the newspapers at the time would write about the shit that was happening in the wars all the time. These generals were, like, celebrities then. Yeah, and not only that, but Ben Arnold was known as a guy that was this killing the British and winning all these battles or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, he's in England. There, no one's no one's a fan of him. Yeah, and, and basically, he's having a rough go. He keeps trying to find work. He keeps trying to get a post with the what is it, the East India Trading Company, all these different places, and nobody wants him. He can't yeah. find any actual work, which. How much money does he even fucking need? He's got a pension. He he gets a pension from the British Army. His wife has a pension. Um, I don't know, how much more money do you need? Just live and die, bitch. But, but he can't sit about, still. He can't. And he's all about making that money. So he starts up a trading business in Canada. Well, yeah. So basically the war ends. Yeah, the war ends. America's he's, a country. Woo! Who do you signed the treaty in 1783. Yeah. Two years after the war, like, actually ended. Mm. Um, so Arnold goes to Canada, starts a little bit of, little upstart trading company. Hannah and his three original children, who are all grown by this point, Sleepy, Dopey, and Winchester. Yeah, so they go up there. Is that gonna pop? Maybe. Whatever. All right. So um, 
So they're all meeting up in Canada. He starts his trading business. His kids are up there, and uh, it's uh, like it, it's doing really well because there's a shitload of British soldiers still left over from the American Revolution. That mm. that's sort of where they were leaving, mm. but they don't stay. They fucking leave. So immediately, you know, the trading business starts to go south. He's trying to call in debts left and right. The people of Canada fucking hate him because he's trying to collect on debts, which is whatever. It's reasonable, I guess. And uh, Yeah, but he's like lawsuit after lawsuit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he has like a whole, he's trying to sue fucking everybody yeah. in Canada, which he's is like 80 nuts. people. Meanwhile, and, uh, <laughs> uh, so his oldest son, Ben the Seventh joins up with the British military to fight against the French. His two younger sons, when Ben finally has to go back to London, um, his two younger sons are like, yeah, we're just going to stay with our Aunt Hannah because she basically raised us and is our mom, and we don't know you at all. <laughs> so they stay with her, and I think they, they hang out in Canada, right? Yeah. Um, and so Ben... As like a last hurrah, he's back in England. He's like, I got to do something. So he he sails to the <laughs> he gets a little tiny trading ship. Oh man! He sails to the West Indies and runs into the French, and the French are like, Hey, you're that guy. We could sell him to the Americans. Yeah, so they capture him, and he fucking escapes. But it's not like he's got his boat. He doesn't have anything. He loses like everything. Financially, he's just ruined. Yeah, he, yep, he goes back to England, and what do I have? It says that he dies of a nervous disorder. He had a lot of anxiety problems. Well, he was broke. He had, like, gout. He had a fucking bum leg. A little noodle leg. Like, he was in all kinds of bad shape, and he was broke, and I think, like, I mean, that happened, and, you know, about ten years later in 1801, June 14th, Benedict Arnold goes into a coma and dies at the age of 60. Which is funny because in another source, there, there are so many stupid stories. Uh, there's one where he's like, why did I ever take off this uniform? And he, apparently, you know, according to some people, he died in his uh, revolutionary Whatever. uniform. He yeah, I don't know how fuck. the fuck he would have it because he ran yeah. like a bitch. And he doesn't care. He didn't care. He, so Fuck he, that guy. Yeah. Like, Fuck Benedict Arnold. Fuck him. We're done, dude. Yeah. He's well, dead. One last uh, epilogue. Oh, yeah. So, How do we remember Benedict Arnold so, yeah, today? The, I mean, the thing is that, like, he was ultimately a traitor and perhaps the biggest jackass at, in the beginning of the American revolution but he did do some good things yeah that's the thing he really actually won like some really important battles and uh you know we tend to like celebrate our war heroes but the problem is like we can't necessarily celebrate him Um, you say that but there are so many statues of general lee well yeah but i mean are we still pretending that we're one country and not two (laughs) Um, that's weird. Anyway, no, I shouldn't have said that. I feel like that's a really divisive issue. <laughs> yeah, you want to open that can of worms right no, now? We're at the end of this fucking series. We're right? that Let's close. just, we're you home wanna, stretch. You want to not... set us off on okay, another Okay, okay, I get it, I get debate. it. And General Lee was a brilliant tactician. 
Uh, slavery is wrong. Let's move That's on. That's not even what I'm saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm just We're trying not to... not one country, if you haven't realized. Wake up, sheeple. And by the way, do you want to buy my, uh, my new energy drink? A la Alex Jones? Never mind. <laughs> just cut this part out. So, so, Benedict Arnold... Does Alex Jones have an energy drink? Okay, you gotta... We'll show you something later. Oh my god. Just watch the, the the latest John Oliver thing. I want his energy. Um, let's I cut want this his out. energy for okay, the let's podcast. Cut, let's cut this okay, out. okay, 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 okay. Um, so the one, like the one, um, uh, like statue of Benedict Arnold that we have is in Saratoga, Saratoga National Park. Um, I think you can go see it. I don't know. I didn't fact check. You can. That. You can. Um, but it is of his leg. It's a boot. It's a boot. It is literally a statue of a boot, and it doesn't have his name on it. Yeah. And that's because the guy that uh, created it was like a Civil War veteran for the Union. Um, big war hero, and he's like, you know, this guy, like, he's a big military historian also. And he's like, you know, this guy actually did a lot for us, but he's also a fucking traitor. But I feel like, you know, and he was like, uh, like a, like a the governor or something in New York, or he was like an important person. He did stuff, <laughs> but he was like, you know, we got to do something for this guy. So he's like, and the only part of him that wasn't a traitor was his fucked up leg, because that's the only part that actually sacrificed anything for the American Revolution. And that that was like kind of the big famous line about him too: is the only part of Benedict not to turn traitor was his leg. Yeah. Because it did get blown off like four times. So that's why that's just, if you go to the Saratoga National Park and you see a boot. A big old big ass stone boot. That's all that's left of Benedict Arnold's, you know, his legacy as a American war hero. Right on, dude. Fuck. I'm going to go burn these notes and all of my (laughs) Benedict Arnold books. Well... Um, what's your big takeaway from this series? Um, geez. I mean, do you have a good answer? Can I take a pass for a second and think about yeah, this? I that's mean, a that's a deep question for something that we just spent ten hours recording a fucking audio book on. I think, um, I guess I should have thought about this before. I don't actually. know, I just, I, I think that it's, it's hard to... I want to say that I... I can see, like, where he's coming from, but you want to think that, like, the American Revolution was all about these people making sacrifices and were about the heroics and the, like, spirit of liberty and the spirit of anti-fascism, and we base so much of what we think about America now on, like, what it stood for and why it was created, Mm. and meanwhile, you have all of these just, like, normal fucking jackasses that we see every day in modern times and it wasn't this big fucking heroic thing it was like people like benedict arnold they were like hey this shit's fucking with my my trading business i'm gonna join up with this revolution hopefully we can get a little bit of an agreement going so we can get back to business and then it turns into this like oh hey i can turn this into a career and then it turns into like oh hey i didn't really think that out that well and now I'm getting fucked over, and I didn't really care about this in the first place. You know, and that's one thing I hope we can continue to do with this podcast, is really showcase that... I mean, I know I know we joke about like how you have to be a megalomaniac or a total asshole to make history, and 
you know, the more research we do on these different people that we're going to be doing these podcasts on, the more you realize how easy it is for average people to slip into extraordinary circumstances. Um, I'd say my big takeaway, though, is don't be an asshole. Because mm. that guy was constantly being an asshole, and that karma was just coming back to smack him in the nuts every fucking time. Yeah. He just couldn't be fucking cool about one single thing in his life. Boy. Let shit go, people. Let yeah. shit go. Life's too short. And if you're going to lead a bunch of people in the battle, maybe you shouldn't be the first one being led. Right? That should be the, the big takeaway. <laughs> yeah. like... Maybe you should hang back and see if your other people, if you're like... Your, your, your soldiers get shot first and then you can decide what to do from there maybe if you're leading people don't be the one that gets shot because then to be fair though I mean it showed conviction it showed uh you know he believed in what he was his plans I don't know mm. anyway whatever fuck Benedict Arnold we're done yeah fuck you you powdered wig bitch yeah he's a jackass god damn it but they're all jackasses this is we thought this was gonna be two fucking hours guys this is not it was not that this episode that's about as good a place as any to stop it (laughs) (laughs) well um all right guys uh gmail historama podcast at gmail.com uh we're on facebook at historama Um, have you actually uh checked that anywhere at all the email the email um yeah, I check it. I check it. We're, we're going to check it right now. We're going to go check it. We're going to go check it. Yeah, you guys send us some messages. Tell us what we got wrong. Um, Actually, you know what? We haven't even released a podcast yet with that info in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's like it the next one is... And you know what, guys? Thanks for bearing with us. I mean, this is our first time recording stuff like this. This is our first time attempting anything like this. Um, you know, we're just history fans, um, yeah, sorry we're doing this for free and maybe it doesn't sound great. Sorry you're getting eight hours of free entertainment. Right? You fucking ungrateful <laughs> bastards. You guys, I mean, it's so much work goes into this. You should see the dirty fucking looks Mike gives me when these history books show up in the mail. Oh, God, I hate Every reading. time that's, that's I hand irony. him a book, that's he just gives me a it. look like he is just, he, he's done with me. You know, we gotta read, though, I guess. Yeah, um... Yeah, thanks for sticking with us, guys. This has been really fun recording this. Um, Yeah, I will be back soon with another exciting episode. What what, what's like a fun hint or a fun like tease we could do? I don't know. I'm too tired. (laughs) How about um? He's an evil son of a bitch. Yeah, but he's not the evil son of a bitch that you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of he's kind of like a, like a, the, like a Benedict Arnold rank evil bastard. Yeah, but he was not going to be a traitor. No, he, he was, wasn't. He was all in on that shit. <laughs> but it's a fucking incredible story. Um, we're going to be telling you more of a story in the next one. Um, yeah, guys, look forward to uh, doing this. Thanks for listening. Yeah, Honestly, we've you. been getting so much love. This is really cool. It's been really exciting to do this. Um, tell you your just, friends. Like, end the podcast now. Yeah. That's end the episode. This is going on forever. Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs> Can you put that in, please? Cool.